Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. So I would ask you how market went for you, but because we are connected the way we're connected, I've been hearing how it's gone. And every time people come in the space and they come see Spink and Co's new product, they always say, just saw Kinsley, he's packed. <laughs> like there was a line of people to talk to you, I guess. So you had a lot of people coming to say hello, I guess. Yeah. And actually it was funny because late on Tuesday, I got a break in the action. And, you know, as you know, Sunday, Monday, really packed at Las Vegas market, especially in the winter. But on Tuesday, late in the day, I got this window and I thought, hey, I told people, I'm, I'm going to sneak away just for a few minutes. I need to go say hi to some people. And I walked down to the space where you had Spink & Co. Mm-hmm. in the Dormeo space. And you had, like you said, you were going to have your models there. Mm-hmm. The, the ones with really good personalities. Yes, person. <laughs> And they were there, and so they were standing guard at the door right? as if it was Buckingham Palace. It, it was. And I'm like, what are they doing? So, you know what? I, I made a decision right then and there. You know what I did? I you walked, ran through. I walked directly up to this gal so rapidly that her eyes started to widen. And at that moment, I knew I had her. <laughs> and I looked at her directly when in the face. you had her, what do you mean? <laughs> I looked at her directly in the face, and I said, I'm here to see Mark Quinn and Jeff Quinn, get him out here right now because I'm here to kick their asses. No, you did not. I swear I did. Did you really? And she did. You know what she did? Nothing. So what did I do? Walked right on past her. To kick my ass. I mean, she didn't throw herself but in she, front of you or anything. She I mean, could have been like, like, what kind of ass kicking are we talking about? <laughs> Is it one of those asses? Like, but for us, that could have been like, we're here to hug it out, say hello. Right. But, you know, then I thought about that and I'm like, hey, if anybody ever wanted to get into a Las Vegas market showroom, that'd be the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yeah, just say. (laughs) I love it. Well, yeah, no, a lot of people uh, said that they had seen you. So you had a lot of people people coming in and uh, wanting to say hello and see you in your new digs, obviously. So that that had to be nice to have that kind of reaction, don't you think? It was great. I mean, I felt like I was walking into a brand new house and it felt like home. Yeah. And that was because it had all the people there that I'm so you know familiar with and people that I love and you know I care about and like my industry friends and it was it was super cool, um, but you know it was funny even in the middle of all of the saying hi to people and retailers coming by and you know my supplier friends were coming by and we had a bunch of international people coming in. In the middle of all of that, there was one question that came up more than any other, and it, and it went something like this: "Is that your real hair?" <laughs> and you know the answer to that. Yeah, okay? I do. Why I are you do. bringing up stuff? I on do. The I do. The question. So, in the middle, as people are like, "Hey, Kinsley, congratulations! We think this is fantastic for Englander. This is great for you." But by, by the way, are you going to keep doing the podcast? Yeah, that's what people yeah. kept asking me. I, I had a lot of that uh, also, um, actually, and that's so, that's so great because people um, want to keep hearing it, and you know everything we said, of course, is assuring them. Yes, absolutely, we'll do that. But um, it was uh, it was nice that there was that thing for some that there was going to be a loss of that, but um, it's not, man. We're going to keep going. So, and and now it's not going to be under the legged umbrella, and so this is the first one. 
right? Where it's it's literally our property now, right? And we're going to continue to do it. So thank you to Leggett for, I mean, because they, they didn't have to do some of that. So really grateful to them. And uh, so I'm, and, and Leggett's always been the sponsor of that. And so people have been asking me if we're going to uh, have sponsors for it. And I hadn't even thought of it. So I don't know. We need to think about that, don't we? Well, it's funny. Back in the day, so around episode number... Make it a somewhere, legit, right? Yeah, somewhere between like 12 and 20. Um, I remember Tempur-Pedic called me. Right. And they said, hey, can we sponsor the podcast? And I took that as, number one, a compliment because they thought the content was so good. Sure. And we were getting you know a lot of traction in the industry. But, but it was funny also because, and this is a testament to Leggett, they didn't put their branding all over it. They wanted this sure. to be value-added. At the time, a lot of the people in the Tempur-Pedic marketing space didn't know that Leggett was the one who started Sleep Geek. And I think that speaks to the purity of that property and you know its, its service-minded nature. Um, but it was cool whenever Tempur said, hey, we want to sponsor your podcast. And at that time, we we're like, no, we can't do anything. And, and then, obviously, you told me that, hey, you've had people saying, hey, are you guys going to do sponsorships? I'm, and I'm sitting here going, I don't 100% know what that would look like, but... There are a lot of cool things that happen with like media partners and people sponsoring things and they have products that are neat and they want to get out. And I'm like, I'm open to it, but I just only want to do it for people that we really believe in. Well, we have to decide whether or not we can re- really add value to a sponsor that way. But here's what I would say. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that at some point. We have to figure it out, obviously. But um, what I like about it is people are searching for ways to tell their stories. And they see this as a place that they could do that. So I love that. It's very flattering for us, for sure. So here, here's a question for you. And we'll, we'll have to come back to that. You and I got to decide what we're going to do there. Um, what would you do? So you see people like, have you seen people like getting tattoos of companies? Right? So like, for instance. Uh, you remember the Johnny Cupcakes guy that spoke at the, the one ISPA conference? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has like a, a cupcake with a skull and crossbone. All right. And people would get that tattooed like on their neck. And he's, it's a t-shirt company. Okay. Like stuff like That's, that. Yeah, right. So if Heinz 57 came up to you and said, I'll pay you $1,000, but you got to get a Heinz 57 tat on your shoulder. Would you do that? Would you rent out your body that way? Personally, me, no. But that's because it's probably an issue of symmetry. Because if I got it on one arm, I would have to get the exact same thing on the <laughs> well, other. Well, you could get the mustard on the other side, right? I mean, you got to have balance, and I don't know. So we just, you know, if people want to come and sponsor the podcast, we're just going to say we draw the line, and we're going to stop short of tattoos. <laughs> now, is that what you're saying? Now, hey, here's another angle to that. If somebody is there a dollar amount? If somebody wanted to get the Dos Marcos cartoon characters tattooed on your body, mm. I will send the, send you the artwork. Yeah. And we, we will make a huge deal out of it. <laughs> See, I don't even think in good conscience I would like support that. I don't know that I, I would want anyone to have to live the rest of their life with our faces on their butt. That's probably hey, where we would go. People the, do worse They would put things. us on their butt. That's what it would be. It wouldn't be on the shoulder. It would be on their butt. Do you think? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> hey, but hold on. Here, I, I forgot to qualify it. If you do put us in a tattoo on your body, it has you have to show it. To the world and take a picture of it. So if it's okay, if it's so in if a it's place, on their butt, then if, maybe if it's in not. a place that you can't do that, then okay. So how much would it take for you to get a company's logo tattooed to your shoulder? What would the price for that be? Oh my gosh, 
It's gonna be high for me because right, I don't have any, I don't have any tattoos. That, that, then what's the number? But I did write a song. Million dollars? No, no, wouldn't do it. More? Yeah. It would take more than it. If I had a check, you're telling me if I had a freaking check for one million dollars to put a tattoo on your shoulder, you would not. I take want to that see money. the terms of the agreement, okay? Because yeah, if, no, if I have no, to leave it on there in perpetuity, then I'm not going to do it. But I if call, I can no, immediately no, go no. to the tattoo removal place and best. spend some of my million bucks, let me tell it. you something, man. You got a tattoo that not only delivered a million bucks to your bank account, but it's the best story ever. Okay. Right. I now, mean, now, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> you know how to get me. I'll tell you what, if you have a tattoo, you want me to, which I don't have tats either. But if you, you don't have a tattoo, tattoos at all? No, but if you want to pay me a million bucks, I'll put whatever you want on my body. That's all right. You know, if you have any good tattoo stories, like Ooh. you've done something when you were really drunk or That's gonna happen. you got a company logo tattooed on you and you want to share that story. Anybody that has anything mattress Tattoos related, all right, right. I want to create a mattress ca- related. Yeah. I mean, mattress tattoo related. Who kn- That's a very specific story. We have a very specific podcast. We do. We do. We do. All right. But if so. anybody has like a mattress related tattoo, send it to us yeah. and I want to see it. All right. You can do our new Facebook Mattress page. related, that would be cool. So tell me this, how was market? What did you hear out there outside of outside of that? Well, for me, it was a lot of, you know, a, a straw, like just above the surface line of the water. And I was breathing air because right. I was swamped the whole time, which was super fun. I right. thought because when I used to go to market, like one of the main things I would do would be to go to the show space, say hello to everybody. And then I would go visit anybody and everybody under the You'd sun. You'd walk the market. I would walk yeah. the market nonstop. But now well, you're stuck in this. Now I was in one spot. I was right. in the mooring yard, and I thought I'm gonna be, I'm gonna feel hemmed in. I didn't. It was so like I had yeah. such a good time. Yeah. Because so many people were coming in, and and you know, so I didn't get out there and do the typical. Here's what I saw at market. It was more me on my first day at the job with Englander. So that was that was very different. And I tell you, one of the things that stands out that's very unique about this position is how much um, inter- interaction and engagement we have with our international licensees. Sure. They all came into town because they wanted to meet the new El Presidente, mm-hmm. as as people have been calling me. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, because Kevin has known them many of them for ten years. Well, and those guys want to know that you're going to continue adding value to that Englander brand because for them that's important. In, in their international markets. Well, what was the buzz then? Like, what did you hear? Anything consistent coming from people or? Well, I heard, I heard people, you know, strangely enough, and I usually don't start things on this note. I heard significant disappointment mm-hmm. in some of the majors rollouts. And you wrote about it in your blog. And I said, you, I, I remember we talked after that. And I'm like, that is what people unprompted were coming to me and saying. Well, isn't that interesting? Because a lot of times at market, you get so the buzz is created by something great that happens. So someone launches a great new product. There's a, a banner on the building outside that catches your attention. But I would agree with you. the The major headline of market was sheer and utter disappointment in products that were brought to market, as it was said to me, with new covers and price increases. Uh, and just very underwhelming and really just kind of met expectation. Maybe some of them didn't even do that. So yeah, that was a pretty big deal. What, what were those conversations like for you? Did people bring it up on their own 
were they looking at the new Spink and Co product and saying, hey, this is great because the other stuff I'm seeing from the major sucks? Like, how were they talking about it? You know, in, in a vacuum, I think the problem for anyone that's going to do that, that is going to float in a lazy river and put new covers on, add price increases, and relaunch a brand, you can do that in a vacuum. The problem, though, is when you go to market and you see some new stuff out there that's exciting, uh, that's different, uh, looks good, feels good. So I'd like to put us in that category. The, the response we had was overwhelming. I heard a handful of people, very big uh, betting people who've been in the industry for a long time, say they were the best feeling beds they'd ever been on. Now, I wasn't looking for that. That's like way overshooting what I would have hoped for. Uh, but for someone to say that it was the best bed they'd ever laid on, I felt like we had got something right. Uh, and so when you are just meeting expectation and you've got that kind of impact happening, and it's not just us, there's some other really cool stuff. I, you know, Paul Longman had some really good stuff with his IOS bed. Is it IOS bed? No. IO bed. I'm going to get that wrong. Anyway, Paul's, you know, biometric censoring and adjusting and all that stuff. Right. Great stuff from him. Uh, anyway, so, you know, you've got that really fun, flashy kind of stuff. Then your stuff looks even worse because you, you phoned it in, essentially. And, you know, I think a lot of these retailers that have beds floored by some of these larger companies, they depend on the manufacturers to bring them something good. They depend on that, that, that producer to bring them something that's compelling and that's going to make them successful in the market. And Kenzie, I'm telling you right now, this is exactly the problem for retailers making these long-term supply agreements because if any of them um, come to market with something that is substandard, it's really difficult to correct on that stuff. So maybe you have a provision in the, in the contract that says if the SKUs aren't producing at X rate, then there's a correction period and you can bring in your own stuff or whatever. It's still a major problem because so there's a 30 or 60 day correction period. It's just... It's very, very disruptive to a, a retailer. They can't afford for their SKUs not to produce. So if somebody decides to merchandise a lineup in a certain way and it's, it doesn't work out, the, the investment they, ma they made in floor samples and training their people, all of that kind of gets institutionalized in a way and it's hard to undo it. Here, here, yes, and, and I know multiple companies that have literally filed Chapter 11 because they've gotten into these supply agreements and as part of their problem, these suppliers, the, the producers, haven't delivered compelling product because they have them locked down and they don't have to be that competitive in the market. So they pay them these big upfront payments. Well, they got to pay for that somehow. So they despec the product in some cases and, and, uh, and, and, and are okay giving them that kind of product, even though for the retailer, you, you're, you're much better off as a retailer letting them keep their checkbook closed and make sure that they give you the most ass-kicking beds in terms of look and feel that make you incredibly competitive in the market because that's what you're going to have to face regardless of the big check that they give you. It's not about that check. It's about you. The, the, the number one thing that has to happen is your product has to be right and you have to be competitive in your market. If you're not, then you are not going to be able to probably continue on as a retailer. You know, and I bet there's a, a real allure whenever you're looking at somebody writing you a quarter million dollar, million dollar check, and they get floor space, and you know you're gonna sell some of their product, and maybe it's a high margin product, 
But what do you, you really have to ask yourself from a partnership standpoint, what am I locking myself into? And is this environment, this, these conditions I'm creating in my retail environment, are those the ones that are gonna create the right competition uh, for my sales floor that keeps it competitive? You know, because if you do get locked into these long-term supply agreements and, and you do find out what's happening and it's not working for you, do you wanna be nimble and flexible and, and have the ability to change? Or do you want to scale and squeeze margin? I mean, it, it, you're right. I mean, I think these are the, I think the big theme in a lot of ways was frustration. Yeah. It, you know, I it heard is a lot of frustration. It yeah. is frustration. And, and my comment in the blog was, I think they're done. And you have, you have the ability to ask why, you know, it, it, as old as the industry is, sometimes I wonder why people just don't stop and say, well, why are we doing it that way? Do we have to? And I know that a lot of this stuff over the years, like I get why in some regards, but it doesn't mean that we're stuck. And I think that that's another major theme that we're seeing pretty consistently is we're not stuck. So we have it, options. It's either arrogance, right? So we don't have to bring it to market. This is, this is market, man. This is like the one day, the four days of the year. It's a few days before the Super Bowl. That's right. It's kind of like our it is Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl, right? And so this is it, though. If you, if you're gonna like, it's really important you get that right. And so if you go to market, Kinsley, I was a manufacturing rep um, for you know a lot of time with Sealy and Stearns and Foster, and then with Serta. And I can tell you, the Serta only or the Sealy only contracts you could negotiate with big retailers, it was beautiful. Because you, you give them that upfront money, you lock other suppliers out, then you're not competing at retail with other suppliers. So you can put your own product line in there, be way more profitable on a S-brand exclusive retailer because you didn't have to worry about being across the floor or across the aisle from one of your competitors. If you take that out of it, and you're not having to compete across an aisle from someone who makes things in similar price points, makes things in similar construction. So think memory foam to memory foam, right? Why do you think those guys all want to lock you out of those deals? They want to lock you out so they don't have to compete. And if they have to compete, then that means their product has to be better and more aggressive, right? And so that's the game. And, and I hate it when I hear retailers are locking their floors down because in a lot of cases, it's not all. But in a lot of cases, it's not in the best interest of the retailer to do that. So there you go. So a lot of disappointment. I had heard that. Um, a lot of biometric stuff. Didn't you see some of that happening too? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, we've talked about this theme bubbling up over the years around, you know, people measuring sleep, having a working yep. knowledge of sleep. Really, that started with like Fitbits and sleep trackers. As inaccurate as some of them may be, it caused people to kind of develop a baseline knowledge of sleep and what it means. And, and now that's really, tr we're trying to find innovation, you know, not in the core cassette, but in the ability for the bedroom to talk to you outside of your sleep. And, and I think that's important. I think that we haven't reached an inflection point on that, but I love the energy and the enthusiasm because the more people understand about sleep, I think they're gonna tie it to the mattress. I kind of came up with this saying the other day when I was talking to this guy, you know, sleep is a collection of small decisions and one major purchase. 
You know, it's all those decisions you're making throughout the day to exercise or avoid caffeine consumption after, you know, noon and, um, you know, the way that we're eating and taking care of ourselves and managing stress and on and on it goes. And, and then there's this one major purchase that really kind of gets muted and pushed into the background sometimes because people are so concentrating on those decisions that are right in their field of view. It's right in front of me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I hope I sleep well tonight or I drank a little bit too much last night and I didn't sleep as well, so now I'm not going to do that tonight. But meanwhile, in the background, the one major purchase is there and people are starting to put technology into it that talks to you in those micro moments throughout your day because it's all coming through your phone. So um, I said before, Paul Longman um, was iOS, but it's not. It's iSense Sleep, mm -hmm. right? So um, anyway, so they got some really cool that they uh, cool stuff that they've done. You can see him at iSenseSleep.com. And another guy doing it is um, Scott Smalling. Scotty. Scotty with Relief Bed. And I'm looking. He just reached out and he's like, hey, man, we got to talk about. And so I'd love to. IO Bed is his New thing. Bed, yeah. So uh, again, and, and we'll, we'll, you know what we should do? We should do a podcast on that and have both Paul and Scott on because I think it's a cool future for the industry. Yeah, it'd be cool if we could also get the original uh, Pete Bills. To oh, come yeah. On the show. Right. Well, uh, yeah, for um, Slight Comfort. Yeah. Sleep Number. Yeah. That'd be cool, kind of a cool roundup. If you like that, let us know. Yeah, so, um, and let's give credit to Leggett. I mean, back in the day, we did Starry Night. That was a concept car that predated any of that and uh, had all the same kind of things that these guys are doing, but... Let, let, me, let me ask a tough question, yeah. though. And I, and I think I have a sense of where you might go with this, but I'm interested. Mm. You know, Paul's, Paul Longman's product, the iSense Sleep product, pretty cool. Like, it's pretty compelling. Like, you can feel it. Um, he's got, I think, an inner spring, a foam, and maybe an air version or a combo mm -hmm. and you know it's an adjustable firmness mattress and you you punch the button and you can feel a change so that concept is is not 100 percent new in the industry people have been working on adjustable firmness for many years and i think there have been product launches where they've taken it out to retail so why is it that select comfort is you know one of the top 10 brands and they can sell an adjustable comfort, but it doesn't work at any place else in retail. Well, I, you know, it did. Select Comfort had their product at Matt Firm and maybe some other retailers. I just think the, the complexity of the sale. And, and, and because they have a closed loop system where they can bring people into their stores and control the experience better, Select Comfort was really smart, I think, in doing that. Um, and sleep number now, I call them both, I guess. But um, so they took a lot of the technology from BAM Labs that we had helped develop with those guys and um, they integrated and commercialized it. And I think they did a brilliant job. And I think they deserve the credit for commercializing uh, the concept car. I think that was early out. And now Scott and Paul are doing some cool stuff. But, you know, and I, and I totally agree. Like it's that closed loop system. I mean, it's a very complex sale. You have to have trained associates that know exactly how to guide right. people through it. And you really don't need to merchandise that environment with anything but the adjustable bed. If you start throwing other options in there at different price points, you're going to kill the cell. And they knew that. So how is, and I'm asking a tough question, but how can you make this adjustable concept that, that, that is a complex cell? 
How can you make it happen at, at retail? No, it's it's a very good question. And it's something that these guys going to market are going to have to figure out. I think the answer to it is placement. You have to put it with people that can control the experience. And that's very difficult. And I'll, t- and, and I'll tell you that what my gut tells me about that is smaller chains. You've got to go in where you've got five and seven store, maybe 15 store operations. Or if you're really lucky and you got a kick-ass operator, maybe expand it to 30 to 40 stores, something like that. But you have to control that experience. And um, not many people can do that. You have a lot of turnover with retail sales associates. And as a manufacturer, we, we knew when I was working with the big brands, you have to make it so simple, stupid, um, that it was incredibly easy for the RSA to communicate if you, you're lucky if you got them to communicate one or two of your features, right? You can't have a big expectation. You've got some point of sale, which a lot of people don't look at, right? So yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's boutiques. I think it's um, a lot of education online. Really, the answer to it is have a big budget, take the story to the consumer, drive, so pre-sell it, right? And then drive them into the retailer to have an experience, but they're already... Um, the, the, the appetite's been satisfied to some degree because they've learned their way into it online. But yeah, I think any store, it's awfully tough. So get a ton of money. And <laughs> there you go. Find boutique retailers in probably higher income areas and pound home the training. Here's, here's what I know though. Smalling and uh, Longman are good guys and smart guys. Uh, long-term industry guys, they'll figure it out. They'll figure yeah. it out. So anyway, biometrics. So and I can't wait to tell the story when they do. I mean, I asked the question because it really hasn't been done in a significant way yet. And I think you have to start somewhere and you have to have something that's compelling and easy to communicate and kind of sells itself. And then, like you said, you might need a big pile of money to throw on top of it in order to pre-sell the consumer. But when somebody figures it out, it's going to be a really fun story to tell, and I'm cheering for them. When we, yeah, me too. Um, because it makes our category more compelling and, and interesting and relevant, doesn't it? When you integrate technology into a bed, right? There's some yes. cool factor to that, right? So if I'm a guy, guys in particular, into a store, if they're like, oh yeah, it does all this stuff, and it senses this, and it's got an app, and you're like, oh really? Tell you know, like I'm engaged more than if I was just out to buy a bed. Here's what's interesting: when we started working with BAM Labs years ago. We, we all took samples home and they said, okay, sleep on this and it's going to give you a sleep report, blah, blah, blah. So what we all learned was if we drank alcohol, this is one example, right? First of all, we said, all of our wives said, you're not putting that thing in my house and it's going to like tell when there's like been intimate moments and there's like a, all the guys are going to be back graphing all the stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, wait a minute. Wait that a minute. Didn't, wait that didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look no, at this. No, a bunch of guys in the engineering yeah. lab comparing their sleep reports and who had the most uh, activity after 11 p.m. at night or something <laughs> like that. But no, didn't have it. Anyway, um, but what was interesting was you, you learned quickly that – so you had a diary that you would keep. And if you drank alcohol, right, so um, you, your sleep score was less because you don't sleep as well if you drank alcohol. And so then the question came, what behavior change takes place as a result of you being able to look at the biometrics? And it says, okay, Quinn, if you drink that martini, then you're not going to sleep as well. Did I stop drinking the martini? 
And? No, hell no. Is the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you would. You would think about it. You may not have the second martini, right? Yeah. Uh, or whatever. But so does the biometric thing change behavior? That's another big question. See, and that's, that's where I have a very difficult time saying, yes, this is worth it from a behavior change standpoint. Right. And here's why. Like, I don't think, I think I'm going to look at how I feel. Because some nights I need... But why do you, gotta look, why do you have to no, no, look not, at how no, you feel? No, no, what I'm saying, I, uh, I said that wrong. Not look at how I feel. I just have to pay attention to how I feel the next day. And if I'm, you know, if I had a... Maybe if I had one extra drink than I normally would, but I was celebrating with friends and it was so good to be around those friends that it made, like, it filled up my soul, you know what I mean? And, and like, it made, it made me a better person in something that was lacking because I got that connection with somebody you know what i mean there's so many factors going into it so i think you just have to look at how not look at you have to monitor and pay attention to how you feel and if you're not at your best i mean i think that's when most people most reasonable people anyway are going to say hey, i'm going to make a change i right. don't it's never for me come from an app or a system or a new piece of software like i've tried them all for productivity and all that crap and it's always come down to what's a priority for me? Right. Like, what do I want to pay attention to? So interesting thing about sleep, we've talked about it many times. There's no one educating normal people, average people about sleep. Darn sure not anyone educating our kids, right? It's not happening in school that I'm aware of that I no. ever, my kids are 14 and 16 and I've, I've asked them multiple times and they've never heard a teacher anywhere ever talk about it. And I've talked to many, many friends of mine and the same thing for them. So um, it, is, it is an education piece, but it's also this. It's how do you know? If you think about diet and you think about exercises, other legs of the, the health and fitness stool, right? right. Um, then you, you say, okay, with diet, you can measure it because you can stand on a scale. There's something quantifiable to that. With um, eating, right, you can measure that with blood work. Right, so exercise. Or you, you can, can count calories. Yeah, right? you can with, with a scale. You BMI. can measure. You can measure fitness and BMI index and yeah, all of that. So you can measure what you eat. You can measure your fitness. But until recently, there wasn't a measurement device for sleep. So the measurement was how did you feel? Your reaction pretty darn good. Really, how do you know? So anyway, I think now and and so I think the other part of their products being successful i'm not so sure people know how to think around that yet right mm -hmm. so a measurement of my sleep you know there's enough pressure i've heard that said go ahead do you need to grab that no all right so um there is enough pressure on me measuring fitness and diet i don't need someone testing me as a matter of fact we call it the, the sleep report card and consumers told us I hated that because I don't want to get a report card on my sleep, right? Like that's, right. I don't need that pressure. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Like they don't want to, they, they don't want to apply a measuring stick to that part of their life. I thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. You know, and, and I'm sure whenever you look back in the annals of history and you, you go through what was the evolution of nutrition and what, what is the evolution or what is the story of, of health and uh, in fitness monitoring and measurement? I'm sure when you look at these things, it's probably, you know, a lot of resistance in the very beginning from, from people. No doubt. 
And then, you know, I think it's, there, there probably comes an inflection point where people are like, okay, this, this actually does make sense for me to pay attention to. And I think a lot of that is going to come from positions of authority. You know, I think doctors need to be educated on telling people uh, about sleep, asking good questions about sleep, analyzing health through the lens of sleep. And because I just talked to so many people that take their doctor's word as the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's like the old Seinfeld routine. Somebody's graduating at the bottom of their class. Yeah, right. Exactly. And nobody ever says, my guy's the worst. You got to go see my guy. He's the worst. (laughs) I mean, you're, you're going to be, no, it's my guy's the best. So true. Tell him, tell him I sent you. He'll give you the real medication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The real medication. (laughs) Well, I, I think, uh, it's, so let me ask you this. Do you think that beds evolve to the degree that um, biometrics become important to people? And so um, then all of a sudden, all beds have biometrics because the cost to do that isn't that high. I've seen some very low cost solutions in terms of motion measurement and they use sound as a way to isolate snoring and things like that. Do you think all beds evolve into that? Do you think there will be a day when we say, I can't believe there was a time when people bought a mattress that didn't tell them anything about their sleep? Do you think we'll get to that part? You know, I I never want to say never because when you look at, you know, would anybody years and years ago, even 10 years ago say, yeah, there's going to come a day when, when everybody's got a, you know, one of these little step trackers, mm-hmm. you know, it's a step tracker. Like it looked like a little dime or a quarter and you clip oh, it yeah. to your belt. Sure. Well, to, to today, basically everybody has a step tracker. It's just in their phone. You, you open up the health app on the iPhone and I'm sure it's on Android devices as well and Google devices. You're tracking your steps all the time, like it or not. So I think it's some of these things that get put into the background and taken as the order of the day. Mm-hmm that we don't necessarily pay attention to. It may not be in its current form that it ends up in the mattress, but I never want to say never. And I've seen some technology behind the scenes where you could easily, like you said, put some little like, it's almost like an RFID chip, super sure. cheap, and, it, and it's gonna track something or maybe it's going to track a specific thing in your mattress. I never want to say never because so- it's starting to spread anywhere so, and everywhere. So have you ever had the, the diet app where you put, set goals for your calories per day? So yeah, I want to yeah. lose weight or I want to run the, I want to run a 5K and it gives you a training regimen or it tracks how much you're running every day. Do you think beds get there like for intimacy? So like you, you want to have sex like X number of times a year and then your app sends an alert to you and your wife that says you're, you're way behind this week. <laughs> well, you Do know, you think it's it like the old school or, version. Or, it's the old school <laughs> version of that, which is, uh, you know, grandpa said to, to, to the young guy that was getting married, he said, okay, the first year of marriage, I'm going to give you this jar. Okay. Every time you have sex, I want you to put a penny in it. And then, and then every year thereafter, take a penny out. He's like, by the end of your life, you may still have pennies in the jar. <laughs> That's what he was saying. That's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't a, think that's true. But I, well, I think it like might be old. true. I mean, it, I've heard it, so it must be true. We've both heard it, so we're triangulating around the, the myth of that. So we'll have to look it up, see if that's true or not. Mythbusters, we'll call those guys. Yeah. Um, I have an old guy sex joke. You want to hear that one? Yeah. Okay, so there's this, this old guy. He goes into the doctor, and he says, Doc, I'm, I hope I don't screw this up. There's pressure. This is a podcast, and I screw jokes, jokes up all the time. So let me try. Hey, hey hold on. Hold on. I'm so, really slow down. Right now. Slow down. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. 
Okay, let's tell the, okay. tell the dirty dad joke. Okay, d- dirty grandpa joke. Dirty so grandpa. grandpa goes into the dock. He says, Doc, I'm getting married and I'm like 80 years old. And he's like, well, I thought I, I, need, to, I need to get a checkup. So the doc runs all these tests. He spends half a day blood work and treadmill stuff. And he comes in and he says, the doctor says to Gus, this old 80-year-old guy. I don't even know if his name was Gus, but Gus seems like a good name for an 80-year-old guy, don't you think? So the doc comes in and he says, hey, Gus. He says, I got, I got bad news. He said, sex could be fatal for you. Um, he says, Gus, I have bad news. Sex could be fatal. And Gus says, Doc, if it kills her, it kills her. <laughs> See? I did screw the joke up because I said, he's got bad news for you. And that's not what I should have said. But anyway, you get the joke. So there you go. There's old, but right, so the app tells you, hey, you're behind. Your quota is, you know, 100 episodes a year and this week you're not keeping up your part of the deal so get get busy it could happen you know this is the moment in 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 a person's head when they may be thinking about their own dirty grandpa joke yeah uh so if you want to send them to us please do it because i have one (laughs) i can't tell it though hey there's no one sponsoring this show right now so people can click off of it i went through I like I went through the joke very quickly in my head just a moment ago, yeah. thinking, "Can I tell this joke?" Okay, forget about it. I'm going to tell it. I want I want a shirt that says, "If it kills her, it kills her." That's what I just that punchline. It would be great. Anyway, you know, right, I, so hit us a, with your I saw a gravestone the other day because mm. I walked my dogs to this graveyard, and the gravestone said, "A womanly woman." A womanly woman. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know, but I kind of liked it. I. You know, just throw it All up. Right. There. All right. Okay. Good. So here's here's the. You know, it was just a it was just a joke about a grandpa. Whenever Viagra came out, okay, sure. He said, he said to his son, you know, he said, "Dad, you taking this stuff or what?" He said, he said, "Yeah, I'm taking it." He goes, "I take one at night so I don't." <laughs> wait roll. a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! First of all, the son is asking his dad, "Dad, are you taking this blue pill so you can like you know go after mom at night?" Is that what he's saying? I, I like, mean, I think there's something a, I think wrong it was a divorce with that. <laughs> I think it was a divorcee. How about stepmom? Yeah, okay. that's better. For I think he was a right. divorcee and he was getting a little bit okay, older. Okay, so census to him dad. And his hey, son, are you taking Viagra, Dad? And yeah. his dad's like, "Yeah, I'm taking it." He said, "I take one at night, so I don't roll out of bed, and half in the morning, so I don't piss in my shoe." <laughs> so the kickstand theory. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can certainly tell it is not sponsored by like we've gone off the rails all right anything else we well, need hold to on, cover hold on. here's here's why i think we should we should wrap it up i want to tell everybody you know now things have changed a little bit they have as you can tell very yeah, clearly right so uh we're going to be on dosmarcospodcast.com so if you go to dosmarcospodcast.com uh please go over there and subscribe there's a button at the top uh, in the main navigation, go to subscribe and get on our list. The podcast has its own website now. That's pretty freaking exciting, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, the, we've got us up at the top, yeah. and the whole thing. But yeah, so share it with your friends. Make sure and subscribe, and that's going to be the new way to, to get connected to cool. it. We're going to have all kinds of like behind-the-scenes free stuff on the newsletter. So, you know, and, and maybe stuff that you can buy, like T-shirts for, I don't even, how much do they cost us? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I, you bought them. I have no idea how much. Oh yeah, well, Leggett right. bought them. I mean, they were. Yeah. You know, what are they? Well, we've do got with the artwork still, still. So we. What can are they going to? Oh, we have a new Facebook page too. You can search for us on Facebook at Dos Marcos Podcast, 
and uh, you can go there. And actually, we're going to start doing our live shows, uh, broadcasting straight from Facebook. And so get connected to that, and you can watch the video or listen to it live. The live broadcast always um, comes out before when we post. So we've got a new place we're going to put all the podcasts, right? So we're yeah, and they're they're going to be easy to find at dosmarcospodcast.com, yeah. cool. or you can get you know it's going to be on iTunes and. We'll push it out on LinkedIn Google and Twitter Play, and all the same stuff. All we the do stuff, now. Yeah. yeah. So just make sure you're connected with us and, and uh, thanks for all your support as we transition here and uh, tell dirty jokes, talk about Vegas marketing. There you go. It wasn't that dirty. Was Viagra it? and uh, monitoring your sex life. I want to know what the goal would be. We need to have everyone send in your um, goals for intimacy for a year. I'd and like your to. tattoo pics. And your tattoo pics, yeah. Stuff. So I'm taking up a collection, a GoFundMe page for a million dollars so we can get Kinsley to put a tattoo on his body and we'll let it say whatever we want. So, um, hey, uh, by the way, before we go, definitely go like the podcast. But I just want to say at Market, I know I'm going to be echoing your sentiment here, but for all the people that came to see me at Spink & Co. to see the new line, um, for the feedback that I got, for the support... Um, I was absolutely blown away, far exceeded my expectation, loved the feedback. The beds were a huge home run. Thank God for that. Uh, and then all of the well wishes I got from people for you too. Oh man, That was so cool because everyone's rooting for you and very excited for you. So all of our friends uh, out there of the show and the blogs and all the stuff that we do, thanks a lot. Great to see you at Market and it's always fun talking to everyone. Too. Yeah, and thank you for everybody that stopped by the Englander space. Um, people that I saw and thank you to those that I didn't see. I heard from a lot of folks afterwards that they came by and I was busy and I apologize for that, uh, for not being able to catch up with you. Um, but, but please drop me a note. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't get to see you this time. Summer markets usually slower. So, you know, come holler at us and maybe, you know what we should do? Do a podcast. We should do a live yes, podcast. I like that. You want to do it like in the window right up there at the front of that in the window. Sure. How Absolutely. much is that mark in the window? Uh, they are going for free. <laughs> so the way they can get rid of them. One ninety nine and a queen. <laughs> hey, you know what hasn't changed about this podcast? It's still the world's greatest mattress industry <laughs> podcast. That and this song to take us out. See you guys. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable. Hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce Now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring And you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth Or bounce all night Put two together Get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back You don't have to practice The best thing to happen To your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone 
out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Right. Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses.